So it's good to be here. I should hold this to my mouth. I haven't done this in a while. Can you hear me? Is this? You guys can hear me. Um, so we're back. It's so good to see you guys. Um, as you know, for the last couple weeks, this is awkward. For the last couple weeks, we have been working through the fruit of the spirit, right? Have you guys been watching along? <laughs> um, and this week we are on faithfulness. And I know that probably Marlene is excited that football is back, but this is not about the 49er fan base. This is, see, there's a couple people that like football. Um, woohoo! Uh, I don't. <laughs> the faithfulness that we're talking about today is meant to describe a virtue that believers will have when we're living for God. And if you've ever heard me preach or give a youth group lesson or something like that, you may have noticed that I'm a big fan of the fruit of the Spirit. I memorized these when I was really young. I remember being at CBS in one of my classrooms and they had them painted on the wall and I would like sit at this desk and read them so they're memorized they're burned in my brain but keeping in mind with my last um, message that I gave I wanted to remember that sometimes I think I have things memorized but I'm forgetting something important like the recipe that I thought I had memorized when I was leaving out cream of chicken soup um, <laughs> and a main ingredient. So I wanted to approach this the same way of don't think that you have this memorized, even though it's something all of us have probably heard many times. But instead, I wanted to start from the beginning. And so I did this by looking up every sort of definition and iteration of the word that I could. And the first thing I found just described it as being loyal and constant and steadfast. Another thing said staying true to the original or the facts. Um, one Reddit user <laughs> described it as, and this is talking about the 49ers, but you'll get it. Um, they said faithful just means you're a fan of the team, nothing more. It doesn't mean you have to close your eyes to the reality of things. But if we were... If we replace the phrase fan of the team with follower of Christ, that definition changes to faithfulness means you are a follower of Christ. It doesn't mean you have to close your eyes to the reality of things. Faithfulness means you are a follower of Christ. You are not closing your eyes to the reality of things. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. As a Christian, it is important that we are faithful to God. It is one thing to believe in him, and it is another thing to be faithful to him. Faithfulness is about having assurance in the things we do not see. It doesn't mean we pretend that the bad things are not there. It means we see those things, but we trust that everything will be redeemed in Christ. And when I read these definitions and I think about faithfulness, there's a lot of different Bible stories that come to mind. There's the entire story of Esther, really, um, the whole life of Jesus, 11 out of 12 of the disciples were pretty faithful. Um, my favorite story that Rachel and I talk about from the book of Judges with JL and the tent pig, um, that one's not talked about enough. It's a little graphic. There's Paul and Lydia starting the church of Philippi. Um, does anybody like what stories you can just shout it out? Ruth. Ruth. There you go. Yeah. What stories do you think of when you think of faithfulness within the Bible? We have Ruth and Job and Paul, yeah. 
Job, we got another Job. <laughs> what was that? Job. Job. Everybody just agrees. Job. King David. King David. Yes. Anybody in the back? No. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Okay. There's no wrong answers, really. <laughs> this is a test. Um, for me, one that I thought of was the prodigal son story. And as I was going through this list, I thought, oh, gosh, there's so many good ones that I could talk about to sort of describe this. Um, but I went back to that idea of the recipe and, like, having the thing that's familiar that you don't go back to because you think you already know it. And so with that in mind, I decided today that I wanted to relook at the story of the prodigal son with you guys and keeping in mind that there may be something that we've forgotten or that we've missed in all the times that we've all probably heard that story. And my brain just turned off. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's why I have it written down. So we're going to read the parable of the lost son. Oh, there we go. And what we're going to do today is we're not going to focus on how God is faithful because we know how God is faithful. And that is the overarching theme of it all. But with the fruit of the spirit, it's really calling us to embody that faithfulness. So what I want to do today is look at the examples that God's given us of, Hey, this is what I'm calling you to be. And this is how I want you to be it. And so as we read this, we're going to see examples of God's faithfulness. But what I'm going to focus on is how we can be that too. And so I'm going to read this to you guys. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. It says, now at this point, the tax, oh, it doesn't say this. <laughs> at this point, though, in the story, it's the tax collectors and the sinners sitting around um, listening to Jesus preach. And he knows that the Pharisees and the leaders of the law, who are there too kind of being judgmental. And so you have to kind of think that Jesus has that in mind as he's preaching. You know, he knows who's there and who's listening. But Luke 15, it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. It goes on and says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He came near the house and he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of his servants and asked what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because 
He has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. So what I want to do with you guys is look at each of these characters and see their example of faithfulness to us. Because when we really look at it, faithfulness doesn't fit into this one box or mold that we have, but it sort of manifests itself in different ways depending on where we are in life and our current situations. And I think that that's especially true in this year of 2020. Um, there's a lot of ways to describe that, but our faithfulness is going to look a lot different depending on what our current situations are. And so with that in mind, we're going to look at our first character, who is the father. Throughout the story, the father remains faithful the whole time, despite having what I would describe as a 2020 year. Um, he's our prime example of faithfulness. He's what we should probably strive to be. Um, which makes sense because I think a lot of the times when we read this story, the father represents our heavenly father, right? And so that's where we should set our bar. This is the kind of faithfulness that we should aim for. It's perfect. Even when his life is falling apart, he patiently waits for things to be restored. His son leaves and that's okay. But you have to imagine the heartbreak that exists within that of not only being abandoned by your son, but being left behind to tell your other son what's happened. Like, he has to be feeling this urge to protect his other child from the pain while still wanting to reach out and get the other child back. But he still holds it all together amidst all of those feelings of just, like, confusion and pain. And he continues on. And I would say that he carries that Hebrews 11 verse of confidence in what you hope for and assurance of what you do not see. Was this the plan that he had for his life? No. But is he going to let it destroy him also? No. He is faithful. And when his son returns, he doesn't waste time trying to get revenge or lecture or anything like that. He just celebrates. And this is wonderful. And this is beautiful. And this is a wonderful example of faithfulness. But if I'm being honest, it's probably not our 24-7 reality. Would anybody agree with me there? Because we're human. But that should be our bar. So we'll set our bar up there. So then we have the son who runs away, our second character. And despite the fact that he runs off, I would still argue that he's a realistic example of faithfulness because he returns. And sometimes we do stray. And sometimes we think that we know better and we have to run. And it feels like there's no other option. But just because you've strayed or you've run or you've pushed God away, it doesn't mean that your story's over. There's always time for redemption. And the son is such an example of that when he returns. He, the son, though perhaps not faithful the entire time, he still comes back and he shows us that just because we've lost our faithfulness doesn't mean it's gone for good. It's just been a little misplaced. And we can be sure of this because that's the truth of God. God doesn't take away our redemption or our forgiveness. 
we can say we don't want it anymore and he just kind of holds on to it until we're ready for it back and then he hands it right back and he throws a big party and it's good and i i should add the son was faithful in that he returned without knowing what the father's reaction would be he had that blind sort of faithfulness representative of Hebrews 11 too, an assurance in what we do not see of what you're hoping for. He hopes that his father will take him back, but he really has no way of knowing, but he tries and he returns and that is faithfulness. So then we have the third, the third character, the other brother who stayed with his father the whole time, who's so angry at the unfairness of the whole situation. And so where is his faithfulness? His faithfulness is that he doesn't run from the father like his brother did, but he confides in the father, calling out why. Why is he being celebrated when I am the one who remains faithful? Why are we celebrating this person who abandoned us when I have been here the whole time? I have not turned my back. Why does he get the special treatment when I have remained here the whole time? Why, God, why? And I think personally, for me at least, that this is the best example Because faithfulness, true faithfulness, doesn't mean that we hide our feelings from the Father or try to appear like a perfect Christian that has it all together, who closes our eyes to the pain and pretends like it isn't there. But true faithfulness means that we trust that we can take our frustrations to God and take him our doubts and our questions and that he will not only answer them for us, but that he will love us just the same. True faith and true faithfulness is not blind. We are not blind to the things around us, but we are faithful all the same. We can question things while still remaining in Christ. And I tell my students this all the time. I can't talk all the time. I say, it's okay to ask questions, to question your faith, and to seek a better understanding. That is okay. The problem is when you stop caring enough to ask the questions. The bar is set at believing We believe and we are saved, but when we are faithful is when we really live. When we doubt and we return, when we have questions and we ask, that is faithfulness. And Jesus says it himself, you may be overcome by the world, but take heart for I have overcome the world. To believe is to believe and to be faithful is to abide. When we return, when we stray, to ask God the questions without fearing his judgment, to let God see our true selves. He knows our heart, but we need to willingly want him to see our hearts. And this week, if I'm being honest, today it feels a little bit better, but this week as a staff, I think, has just been like one of those weeks. (laughs) And as a staff, we've been doing okay. We've been doing pretty well. Um, For those of you that don't know, Amanda is on leave for everything, and Greg is like mainly gone except for when we call him in a panic, um, which has happened. Uh, (laughs) And... It's been an adjustment for sure. But this week in particular, I think Justin might have been the first one who said it. It was like, if something's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong. Like one day, sorry, I'm calling him out. He was trying to leave and his entire road was like blocked because they were repaving the street. And he was like, okay, I'll just stay here. Like, of course that's happening today. Like, of course it is. And it was just like one thing after another after another. And I don't know what it was that sort of like pushed us over the edge. I think it might be the smoke where you can't go outside and breathe. Um... No, I think it said it was 110, and then it was like, here's better weather, but also smoke. That's what really pushed us over the edge. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
<laughs> What's next, guys? Um, but it's just felt like a week. And Amanda, if you are watching this from home, which I think you are, I feel like we all just want you to know that we miss you and that none of us want your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. You do it so much better than all of us combined. And it's like the Father, like we can do it without you, but we don't want to do it without you. And I think how the father felt when his son first left is how a lot of us are feeling right now. And we're just feeling your absence a lot. And Greg too. Mostly Amanda. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's just felt like one of those weeks. But it's also felt at the same time feeling like that father who's missing his son and like is okay, but doesn't want to be okay, but is okay. But I've also felt a lot like that other brother who stayed behind and is left questioning. I think as a staff and as a church, we've all probably felt this way. Like, why? Like, why is this happening to us as a whole? Um, to Amanda, like, why when we have remained faithful is this happening? But I think we can all agree that when you do come back, we'll throw the big party and none of us will pout in our rooms and we'll have no problem finding volunteers for once. So please come back. Um, but the, what I'm saying, like that feeling of being the father, the ache of missing a child or a friend or a pastor to being the brother who's left wondering why, like, why me? Why not me? Whatever it is to being the son who is just so confused. And so he leaves and he questions and he just needs a moment to run from life. I think it's so important to acknowledge that faithfulness can be embodied in all of those things. Like I said earlier, we don't fit this one specific mold for faithfulness, but it manifests itself in different ways. Um, and it's you're faithful. So long as you bring it back to God at the end of the day, you're faithful. Your faithfulness is not something that needs perfecting. It's just something that needs reoccurrence. It doesn't need perfecting. It needs reoccurrence. And so now, as we get ready to go, um, we're going to do something a little bit different. When you sat down, you should have seen papers and pens underneath your chairs. And so... If you're at home, you can just sort of close your eyes and meditate on this. But if you're here, Alyssa and her sister are going to come back up and play one last worship song. And we invite you to just be honest with yourself and think, like, where in this story am I falling right now? Which of these characters am I? And what am I struggling with? Like, what am I asking? Why? Why am I frustrated? When we have remained faithful, why are we not celebrated? That might be how you're feeling. Maybe you're feeling like you want to run. Or maybe you're feeling like the father that's left behind to just be like, I don't want to be here, but I am. And so as our benediction song is playing and everything, we just invite you to write that down on this piece of paper. And then as you feel ready, you can get up and leave and just drop it at the foot of the cross in this basket and just leave it with God and be honest with God and faithful with God in knowing that no matter where we are, just like wanting him to see us for who we are makes us faithful. God, we're scared and we're frustrated and we're confused and we just pray for your peace.